What does it mean to live with less stuff and more compassion? That's the question we aim to answer every Monday on the Minimalist Vegan Podcast. Hi, we're Michael and Marshall F.A., the creators behind the minimalistvegan.com and the teachers behind minimalistcourses.com. And in this episode, we're talking about the challenges and the dynamics around the aesthetic of minimalism and some of the issues and pressure that the like minimalist design puts on on you and and perhaps is a distraction in itself from the real benefits of minimalism this is a topic that marsha and i have been increasingly fascinated by as we have grown and developed in our own journey around minimalism so you know i hope you enjoyed this conversation as much as we did and uh, i'll be back after the episode to fill in any gaps Guys, we are talking about looking past the aesthetics of minimalism. And uh, it's a topic that Marsha and I have become increasingly passionate about more recently. And um, we thought we'd just, we need to break it down in the pod. It has to happen. The pod. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm in a bit of a silly mood. Um, so um, I thought it would be a good place to start to define what minimalism is. And then we'll link it back to aesthetic and design and yeah. and what some of the, the issues are at the moment. But um, you know, how do we define minimalism, Marsha? Well, this is the thing. How do we define minimalism oh. compared to other people? Um, because there is no hard rules about what minimalism actually means. Mm. So I guess for us, what it means and what we've been talking about for a few years now is that it is keeping what's essential and eliminating the rest. So just focusing on not distracting yourself with stuff that's unnecessary. And it's, it's not just about possessions as well. Yeah. It's everything. So when you're looking at your calendar, the things that you've said yes to, what can you say no to, to free up space? You know, I just published a, a blog post talking about meditation and how I've actually not made time for meditation, even though, as most people would agree, meditation should be something that we all do every day yeah. because there's been scientific evidence to show that it benefits you in so many different ways. Yes. But am I finding it as an essential component of my everyday? No, I haven't to this point. But I need to make the room and you know reassess things that I've been doing up until this point to... Make it a no-brainer, really. Yeah, and that's how you can use minimalism to sort of go, okay, well, what what's what am I doing instead of what I deem is this priority? Yeah, and am I prepared to forego those things to to do some meditation? Yeah, so it's an ever-evolving journey. It's not like you know you do it once and then you're set for the rest of your life. You're constantly, I guess, looking at those things and reassessing and reevaluating yeah. and. And essential means different things to different people. And even you as the same person, what you think is essential today could be completely different tomorrow or in six months or a few years' time. Yeah, because your priorities might change. Your lifestyle might change. You know, you might have children. You might have a dog. You might have other commitments. You might want to be more social than you are right now in the future. So it just depends on where you are in life and, you know. What, what's going on so but i think it's a pretty like you know i think it's not like um this is completely original definition what is you know defining what's essential eliminate the rest i think this is something you hear about a lot 
in the minimalist community uh, with a lot of bloggers and content creators and they talk I, I think we all talk about that, that same type of philosophy but then uh, this this aesthetic piece is actually something that came before these cultural definitions of using minimalism as a way to combat excessive consumerism and distractions because b b before minimalism was more used to sort of talk about design concepts yeah well that's how i think people that don't really pay too much attention to what minimalism is right now yes they do see it probably more i mean i certainly did yeah i thought that it was just white room with white furniture or even just a white chair in the middle of the room yes um it's so interesting how you said white 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 yeah um not black 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 yeah, I'm, not, I'm not going down that path it's okay i'm gonna do that um <laughs> but but yeah this that's exactly what i want to talk about like well, that, because it, that that because reaction it's light, you had lightness yeah, i think but minimalist that, but design inspired. doesn't necessarily lend itself to dark enclosed sort of because black walls and black furniture would would just close up the space and it would be dark yes i i, I would agree but i think you and i everybody is influenced by design trends mm. and you know if a design trend is to use white a lot then that's going to inform us as to what we think minimalist design is yeah you know so it's kind of it's a culture thing mm. and, uh, and, uh, and i think well, it's that whole bright and airy feel you know you want yeah. lots of natural light you want lots of clean lines very you know that minimalist aesthetic that's what it kind of lends itself more to yeah. not saying that you can't have dark furniture or dark walls and stuff that can work really well yes um but you know what you and and you know and it's interesting how you naturally gravitated towards like home decor mm. as an example and um you know and i think you know uh, you know home is something a lot of us can relate to and i also look at just what we aspire to at the moment as a culture with our personal environments and what that sh should look like and but I wanted to just mention a few brands here just to get the ball rolling. So you've got, you know, big corporations like IKEA, mm. right? Um, and that really brought to my attention, you know, whether you like IKEA or not, it's, it's, it, it was born from that Scandinavian design, mm. right? Kiki K. Like Kiki K and, and things of that nature. So, and let's face it, that whole brand in itself, and let's just go beyond Ikea, but the Scandinavian design has been really attractive um, for quite some time now. Mm. And, and, and I think when people think of that Scandinavian design, they normally associate it with this minimalist aesthetic yeah, because of the things you just said. Do you think? I think so. The light and airy, yeah. it's simple, it's but functional. I mean, it's, it doesn't necessarily have to be simple. It's, pretty yes and it's uh it has that very homely feel to it it doesn't necessarily have to be minimal like a lot of the designs even that i saw when we were looking when we first moved out what seven eight years ago yeah looking at some of the catalogs there was a lot of stuff in those um 
you know, setups of rooms and stuff. Yeah. Because they try and get as much furniture into that shop, but it still looks like a home. Yes. So, and a lot of that to me, I would be like, that seems like a pointless piece of furniture to have yes. in that space. So, I mean, I think Scandinavian design does yeah, lend but itself, you, but, but you, you probably, still you've can been on this journey for it. minimalism for a while, right? And then sometimes yeah. it's like, you go deep in that. Mm. And then when you, like, perhaps at some point previously, we would have seen that as pretty simple. Yeah. Well, I I don't think this the word simple would come to mind. It sure. would be homely and like welcoming and nurturing. Okay. Um, you know, because sometimes people associate furniture and space that's been designed in a really beautiful way, very comforting. Yeah. So they have this sense of um sitting down on the couch and relaxing. Yep. Um but because I, f- I find that sometimes when you look at big open spaces, it can have this sort of almost stark feel to it. Does that make sense? It it does. Rather than everything that's been sort of designed to have a spot and a place in a in a home. Yeah, I I, I would I still believe that like for most people walking around in their environments would would probably still that to see that intentionality of placement as still fairly minimalist. Yeah. Because it's like, you know, even if things are intentionally placed somewhere, because of the way it looks, it feels open. Mm. Right? And, you know, look, that's up for opinion, but I think um, it's... So, yeah, no, I, I, I do agree that in, in essence, Scandinavian design is probably where... Um, minimalist design was born. Oh well, like it where sort of they're has kind relation of to yeah, they have yeah. a nice, they have a, a big relationship at the moment. Yeah, and then it's like you know, um, we're, we're not like people who are follow designers uh, of, of the highest end or anything, but um, but it it does feel that like what you were saying before, white this, white that, birch this, birch that. Is, is is something that's informing a lot of what we do. Um, we're seeing it in technology as well. Um, you know, we, we see it in, you know, big tech companies. Um, we're sort of competing with each other to simplify their industrial, like their um, hardware design with phones and things like that. We're seeing it in software. We're seeing it in fashion. Um, you know, it's, you know, simplicity is beautiful. Mm. Um, and well, it's elegant. I, it's elegant, but I, I personally am attracted to that. Like when I see lots of space aesthetically, it, it, it feels freeing. It, it feels appealing. It feels approachable. It doesn't feel stark or boring to me mm. anyway, whether it's fashion and sort of not much patterns or anything on it, but really quality materials or whether it's, um, you know, even software design and there's not a lot of clutter or things going on. It's just you can only take a few different steps. It's very focused. Yeah, I was going to say, um, it sounds like, yeah, it would be focused. Yeah, and um, yeah, so, and I think we say that word, simplicity and focus sort of, again, go hand in hand because and you're clarity. getting rid of disca- distractions so you can focus. Yeah. So, I, I openly admit that that is an attractive proposition and mm. I do catch myself sometimes wanting more of that um what what are some of your feelings around this aesthetic and the appeal to you oh it's definitely a very attractive 
um, aesthetic and aspirational aesthetic to keep in mind. But you can get up, you can get too caught up in that. And I think the more I'm delving into the zero waste, frugal, uh, you know, buying products with intentionality and all of that sort of thing, you know, kind of contradicts that a little bit just because you should use what you have, even if it's ugly or not, you know? So that's where I seem to, I value design a lot and I have, you know, I'm very black and white with what I like and what I don't like. And I've always been like that. Yeah. Um, But it tends to lend itself probably more so to buying things rather than using what you have. Yeah. So, but at the same time, I'm not going to go out and buy things just because it, it needs that, you know, look needs to be completed or filled. If it has a purpose and I don't have it already, then sure. But if I already have something, I'm not going to go and buy a new one just for the sake of buying a new thing. Okay, you touched on a really important point, um, which is what I wanted to bring up. And, and I think it's this uh, this at- attainability of this minimalist aesthetic and mm. uh, to the point where it becomes an obsession. You know, well, it and looks like it's almost for show. Like it yeah. looks like a an IKEA catalog. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, because yeah. you end up looking at the place, you know, YouTube channels that have home tours or yeah. you know, particular more home renovation or closet um, tours or Yeah, more know. renovation shows are coming up and everything that's in those is typically most of it would be brand new. They might have a couple of sentimental pieces scattered throughout, but everything yeah. else is brand new. Yeah. So it creates this want in your head. It's like, oh, my stuff's crap. I yeah. need something new to freshen yes. it up and to inspire me and to have that minimalist look. Yes. So that's where I think you, it can be very... You know, and I don't know, it'd be interesting to see since minimalism has become more popular, how much stuff people are throwing out compared to before. Well, yeah, because of this, like, yeah, it's like this design, like this life design that people are going for. And that obsession, as you said, leads to actually just replacing your things. Mm. Um, has not, the same function it just might look prettier yeah exactly right because you're going for that aesthetic so you're clearing things out of your life to bring in more things um, and then you're justifying it by saying that no I'm I'm being minimalist I'm, I'm going for what's essential this is what's essential to me yeah um, and, and 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 I think this this conversation and, and we wrote a, an article about it well Mar- Marshall wrote a great article about this which we'll link to in the show notes but I remember coming home from work one day and uh, talking to Marsha about a conversation that I had with a colleague. And um, he was saying that like, oh man, I love like, I love the idea of minimalism, but I just don't feel like I could ever be a minimalist. And I'm like, and I asked him, why, why do you say that? And he said, that's because, you know, like I watch people online, I watch their apartment tours and I watch their clothes and everything. And it just feels like it's not attainable. It's so pretty, so gorgeous, so simple. 
um, that I'd love to get there, but I just don't feel like I'm there. Mm. You literally have to throw out everything you own and start from scratch. Yeah. Which secretly, well, not so secretly since I'm saying it on air, like that's one thing that us moving to Europe, that's one little thing that I'm kind of excited about. Yeah. Is getting like, you know, kind of refreshing and resetting and buying things secondhand, but also with intention and and having a new setup because we'd had the same furniture. And look, it was great furniture and I'd still have it for as long as it lasted. Yes. But that sort of, not child in me, but, you know, have that sort of slight excitement about, oh, we get to set up our new space with new furniture. Yeah. You know, we're taking a lot of our other stuff with us because we don't see the point of throwing it out. Yeah. Um. But, yeah, it kind of gets me a little bit, you know, oh, okay, this is yes. what's possible or we could try this and well, so. Well, and, you know, and I think it's, it, it is exciting and I think it's okay to um, sort of let that side of you, like express yourself in that way aesthetically. You know, I think that's who we are as human beings. That's, you know, that's why fashion's there, um, you know. It, it, it's part of creativity. It's all of those things. It's just, it's just where do we draw the line of somebody saying that? Oh, I could never really feel like I could experience the benefits of minimalism because mm. I don't feel like aesthetically I'm there. Mm. Like that's all kinds of weird stuff going on that we need to talk about, right? And I think that um. So it's almost become unattainable for people because they look at this stuff and go, oh, well, if that's the definition of what minimalism is, they put up their hands and go, I can't do it. Yeah. Because it it almost is like they they need to start from scratch. For sure. And that's not fair. It's so overwhelming to be like, well, oh, so that's a minute. And it's like people make decisions based on what they see. Yeah. You know, Uh, so to... To go deep into this philosophy of of scenes um, less and fewer as beautiful, mm. so you can do what you want the way mm. we we feel it now. Like it's a, that's actually a belief that mm. we have now. To oh man, that's that's gorgeous. It looks simple. That's a minimalist. I can't do that. Minimalism is not for me. Mm. So you know, and 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 that's what I hope this conversation can can hopefully start to shift the the focus away from aesthetic so much to some of the other benefits i mean if aesthetics are important to you that's fine don't yeah. feel like you need to shy away from that or feel ashamed about it but ask yourself the question do i need to buy this regardless yeah you know just because it's pretty and i've got a space on my desk for it yes or does it serve a function um that i need or do i already have something that i can use instead yes so those are the sorts of questions that I'd be asking regardless. But don't feel like you can't, you know, like if if design matters a lot to you, make it work, like get creative with it. Yeah. Um, but if it doesn't or it's not how minimalism typically looks like, if you love lots of pattern and color and all of that sort of stuff, which is not typically what a minimalist design concept would look like what you'd find online anyways yeah that's okay too like if you love bright patterns and color and whatever if if you love it 
go for it. You yeah. know, everyone's different. So don't feel like you need to put yourself into a box to force yourself to like something that but you wouldn't might that not. Be, wouldn't that be beautiful in itself is we, if we saw different aesthetic versions of minimalism? Yeah. You know, and... Uh, that would be powerful. Yeah. Didn't we, didn't we fool around with a book idea around this or something? <laughs> Taking, going around the world and taking photos of different types of aesthetic and minimalism in homes or something. Anyway, but um, I digress. I think, yeah, it would be so cool to see the aesthetic of minimalism portrayed in different styles and mm. trends mm. to make it approachable to more people than yeah. just kind of seeing the same sort of mm. trend and design that we're seeing at the moment uh, and people disassociating that with minimalism. Um, the other thing I want to talk about is maybe, uh, you know, this is for you and I, and for people who, who have already started their minimalist journey and are sort of still falling into that comparison trap and kind of like it's more about a self-talk of, you know, and this comes back to the idea of um, labeling things, whether we should label ourselves vegan, minimalist, um, and is that actually a productive thing to do in our culture? And, and also like continuing to feel like a minimalist mm. feeling like you're betraying yourself mm. uh as a minimalist that that comes with its own pressure i mean itself. i've definitely struggled with that i always check in with myself and because i'm a people pleaser and i care a lot about what other people think of me like too much mm. so when i when i've given myself the label of a minimalist and you put yourself out there so much on the internet Mm. and you know you have family and friends and people that are in your life that kind of look up to you for that that lifestyle yep you feel like you constantly need to check in with yourself and go oh am i living up to you know am i am i do i look like a minimalist to other people am i you know when they come over for dinner oh is everything in its place do i have excess amount of like <laughs> I, I probably create a little bit of anxiety around that, but it's but it's but this is a real thing. But it's just and, how. It, <laughs> but but you know what? Like it's interesting because when we look at veganism, mm. it's um it's a lot more black and white. Yeah. It's it's like I, I think most people fundamentally understand. Yeah. Well, I hope <laughs> um what veganism is and what it's not. Yeah. Um. But minimalism, there's no definition. Mm. It's a very like just, gray just people area. like you and me making definitions up every couple of years and everyone sort of contributing things. So it's so, as you said, it's gray. Mm. So um, then it, it, to the point where I don't even think people really call themselves minimalists, do they? Seriously, like out on the street. Yeah. You'd, <laughs> you'd, like <laughs> out on the street I mean, somewhere. I'm yet I'm to a, meet another minimalist yeah. that has labeled themselves I think I've a met minimalist. one person who's just like, oh, I'm a minimalist. And I was shocked that they yeah. said that. Yeah. I was actually shocked. I'm like, whoa, you, okay, cool. That's awesome. Mm. People say they're vegan all the time. Mm. But minimalist is not even really something you really say to another person. Yeah. Because it's like, well, what is a minimalist? Yeah. Um, so because it's so great. And everyone's definition is different. Exactly so right. they might, when you say the word, I'm a minimalist, you know what you think you're talking about, yeah. but to the set, to the person that you're saying it to, they yeah. might have a completely. They might be like, "Oh, they live in a white house with white walls yeah. and a white chair." Yeah. Yeah. So it's a completely There's different, no standard. you know. So the so yeah. just it's varying degrees of understanding and uh, idea of what it actually is. Absolutely, and then that leaves the person who claims to be a minimalist 
constantly convincing themselves that they're a minimalist. And also clarifying <laughs> yeah. to the other person as yes. well, you know, like I guess because we have a blog and we talk about it and we put ourselves out there with how we see minimalism. Yes. Then we, I guess that's how we portray it to other people. Yes. Um, whereas somebody else might have a different version of it or they might be more intense than we are. Yes. So, and I used to struggle with that at the beginning because I'd be like, oh, but I still have too much stuff for a minimalist, you yeah. know, that whole like, not that I was counting Possessions how or, many yeah. pieces of clothing I had or how many possessions we had in the house, but it does play with you a little bit because you go, oh, no, I've got too much for a minimalist. I need to get rid of more stuff. Yeah. It's like, well, hang on a second. Are you using that stuff? Why would you get rid of it if you're using it? Yes. So I think, you know, it's checking in with yourself. And I guess at the beginning of your journey, you do need to revisit that because you go through phases of elimination. So you might go through things and go, okay, well, this actually doesn't serve me a purpose. Yeah. Um, and then again, in depending on which stage of life you're in, if you're cooking a lot in the kitchen, you'll need more stuff than someone that work so much that they don't really spend any time in the kitchen yeah, at all. Your your what is essential to you is going to keep changing yeah. depending where you are. Yeah. But so, it's yeah, but you're right. It's um it's it's a really interesting dynamic of um and and I don't know how healthy it is actually um because of this ambiguity of what minimalism is and um like constantly having to check in mm. checking in checking in mm. checking in so um but I, but i think that's that's where the issue of the aesthetic comes in because it's the aesthetic that triggers in my in my experience it's the aesthetic that starts to trigger some of those insecurities the doubt yeah and the doubt um about whether you feel like a minimalist or not mm. and then the moment that we're even questioning whether we're minimalist or not would then missing the point altogether mm. again mm. Um, about you know finding what's essential eliminating the rest mm. um, so that's why this topic is so uh, fascinating I think the um, the challenge of publishers so people who create content around around minimalism is interesting um, because like you know we, we've been creating for over four years and we've we've never done like a house tour no. like we've never shown a house tour. i did i did talk about this in a post in the minimal aesthetic post yeah, 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 yeah i kind of said i feel like not that i'm a fraud that i that i guess because i have high expectations of myself and how we represent the movement and what we're doing and all of that i never felt like our home was ready but when i look back now now that we don't have that home anymore it's like, what was I talking about? We could have yeah. easily done a home tour, no problem at all. But this is the th this this epitomizes the 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 challenge, and I think your post was the curse of minimalist aesthetic. Yeah. So so this is for publishers, the so people who are literally creating content around this. Um, those and I'm interested if you're listening to this and you are like a minimalist blogger or YouTube or Instagram or, or whatever you are podcaster mm. um, have you felt this so have you like published content about you know this is my wardrobe or this is my kitchen and whatever it is and and has it felt authentic um, did you feel pressure 
Um, did you feel the need to betray yourself in a particular way? Did you feel like you needed to take two years to actually (laughs) finally do it? Because it's like, no, it's not quite ready. It's not quite ready. Yeah. And that's what put me off for years, actually doing a home tour of, you know, what it, and because people love that stuff. I wouldn't do it for any other reason, but I think that a lot of people can connect with it and go, aha, so this is what they, you know, yes. this is how they live. Like I love s- sticky beaking in other people's homes. So I imagine yeah. people would Absolutely. in houses as well. So it gives them ideas. and But but it's also, again, back to the point of wouldn't it be great if everyone could publish their home tours with confidence yeah. in their own aesthetic. Yeah. And not sometimes and even feeling like they need to take things out of the shot. So that yes. they can be like, okay, now now it finally looks like yes. it's ready. Exactly. Because there's this this pressure, this this pressure of aesthetic, it, the line is to be drawn somewhere. Mm. Um, one, for people looking to live more with more intentionality, to be more approachable for them. And then those who are, are doing it, for them to feel more content um, with how they're living their life and mm. with their intentionality. Mm. So it works on multiple di- uh, levels. Um, but... Yeah, I think that the home tours thing is a really a really good test to see just um, how much aesthetic is playing on your mind mm. um, when it comes to minimalism. Like, does it does it matter to you? Does it bother you? Yes. Mm. Um. So, the, the, which brings me to the next question: is like, um, you know, is is there such thing as like ugly minimalism, and and what <laughs> and what would that even look like? Um, and and I know that that that's subjective. But um, it's in the eye of the beholder. <laughs> exactly right. But yeah, yeah. I mean, I feel like there is because, well, I I don't know if I'd use the word ugly minimalism, but I think that I that say kind that intentionally. Of, yeah, 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 yeah. I think that that kind of gets the point across much yeah. quicker. Um, I think that there are people out there that they don't care about aesthetic, and they don't care about the aesthetic of the way that minimalism is portrayed. Yes. So they still care about aesthetic, but not in that clean white, you know, Scandinavian sort of way. Yeah. So they might still like very minimal design, but as I mentioned before, might be in bright colors or whatever it is. Yes. So I think it's really just staying true to yourself and understanding that, okay, well, that might be. And the minimalist design of what it represents might be ugly to so many other people. Yeah. So it really is it's so subjective, but I mean, it also makes me wonder, like you know, no matter where you are right now, mm. like you know, I don't care if you're in Nigeria, Japan, Australia, Canada, India, um, whatever your environment is right now, how can you create a feeling of minimalism? Mm. And it's not about oh, when I move here or when i buy this or when i get this it's like no right now in my environment that's 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 hard can i feel Mm. like a minimalist Mm. and and you know again wouldn't it be cool if we can get home tours pictures from all cultures all around the world living simply but see i think i can totally envision that yeah and i think there are a lot of places around the world um culturally just because of their lack of access Access. to things that they have grown up in a very scarce environment and a home that doesn't have much because they can't afford it or because it's a war-torn country or whatever it is yes so minimalism 
is very alive in so many different places out and necess- cultures. Out of out necessity. Of, yeah. yeah. So, but that's not the kind of minimalism that I guess people aspire to. Yes. But why not? Yeah. Because those people see value in so many other things. Correct. That, that you know, us in the Western world would be like, oh, that's so boring or that's so basic. Yeah. But that is in essence, that is minimalism. That should be the celebration. That should yeah. be like the beauty. Um, yeah. And, but you know what? And even if you are in the Western world and... um and uh, like you're currently looking around your environment and you're not really happy with how it looks aesthetically or it's a bit old and run down or whatever like the question remains do you still have stuff and distractions lying around all over the place Mm. and what can you do with what you have to to live with intentionality Mm. and and then and then be proud of that Mm. uh to have that clarity Mm. and well there's uh, this constant battle of do you care about aesthetics or not yeah. So some people would be okay with that. Yes. You know, but other people like myself struggle with it because yeah. you you do care about aesthetics. Um and it's not to say that I'm materialistic in that sense. It's, You're just a visual. Yeah. Person. I mean, I'm a photographer, so I've kind of got that eye of you know, I like to see beauty. I like to see yeah. clean lines. I like to see I don't know, I just, I mean, and when you're comparing two images yes, and one's ugly and one's pretty, depending on what it is, if it's like a a dumpster or a beautiful green lush forest or something, yeah. you know, which one are you going to be attracted to more? Yes. So it's just creating that environment and especially of what we're talking about is design and home is people want to feel comfortable and cozy and yes you know have that sense of um safety in their own space yes so and for me that comes with design yeah and that comfort and safety if not careful can come with excess oh yeah as well totally and that's Um, what i was alluding to before yeah but i suppose i'm still saying that let's say you're listening to this and you do care about aesthetic you care about aesthetic. I care about aesthetic to an extent, not as much as you. But you don't need. You realize you don't need to move mountains to feel that way, or you can't mm. put too much value in that. Yeah. And you could be missing missing out on some other great benefits of looking at your environment and this ruthlessly Mm-mm. paring that down. Shouldn't, that shouldn't be like your barrier, and you shouldn't spend too much time on it. Yes. And this is something that I've learned over the years is not to invest and spend so much time on making your space look beautiful. I think there is something about resetting yeah. your visuals, which is another blog post that um, that you wrote actually yep. about resetting visual standards. Yeah. So, you know, at the beginning of every day you wake up and everything has its place and it's been put back in that place. Every yes. time you use something like, especially in the kitchen, dishes have been put away and yeah. you know, you don't want to wake up to mess. Yes. And so that's something that, you know, you invest time into. Yeah. But other than that, like thinking, Oh, I need to go out and buy, you know, these little forks <laughs> for dessert or whatever it is, yes. because I have guests coming over and I need I don't know, stupid example, <laughs> but yeah, just something that came to me. Um, another thing is, oh, I need a coat hanger next to my door 
for for when winter hits and we bring in our coats all the time. Yeah. So you don't want it to consume your mind all the time. Like, oh, I need that. Oh, I need to remember to buy that. Oh, I need to go on the hunt for this because that can end up consuming you so much. Yes. That you are focusing too much on the aesthetics but also the functionality of, you know, like you can do without those things. Yeah. This is the thing. Yeah. This is how because, I think because, minimalism because would the, the, work well. Because the ironic thing is that like the, um, the, the pursuit of a minimalist aesthetic can trigger the need to want to consume more. Yes. Which contradicts itself mm. altogether. Mm. So, um, I, yeah, I, I just think it's, if you're aesthetically driven, fine it's just catch yourself you got to be aware hopefully this conversation has brought great awareness to like again we have not posted a home tour Mm. like because we've been you know terrified of the aesthetic and how that's Mm. portrayed Mm. and um even though we deeply understand the benefits to ourselves of what Mm. minimalism has enabled us to do Mm. far beyond the aesthetic Mm. but we'll still Mm, there was still that resistance. Yeah, still that resistance to it. That's how powerful this stuff is. Yeah. And um and I look I want to wrap up this conversation shortly, but I just wanted to um, you know, end with a few questions to perhaps ask yourselves and, and ourselves too. Um, is is getting back to, you know, what does minimalism enable me to do? You know, so when you find yourself being driven by aesthetics, more think about what would having less distractions enable me to do? Mm. You know, like, would would that mean, you know, pursuing a, a hobby and interest with more time? Would that mean being in a better relationship? Would that, you know, mean being in a better career? Like, what would that clarity, how would that make me feel, mm. right? Um, and, and not how will minimalism help me portray my life to others? Yeah. And, and you might be listening to this and be thinking, oh, well, I don't think that way. Mm. But you actually probably do. Mm. It's a natural thing to feel mm. is, you know, if you have care, respect for yourself, you care about how you might want to betray yourself to others. So especially when you start playing around with labeling, yeah, that's when you can ca- catch yourself in dangerous waters about, well, I'm a minimalist. I need to be this particular way. So to show other people that this is what minimalism is. Correct. Yeah, correct. Um, and again, because, you know, I, I can understand those comments you might get from people like, oh, that's not very minimalist of you or that's not, the, you know, yeah. like you, you don't get you don't get that so much as a vegan. Again, veganism is black and white. Mm. <laughs> like you, 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 you're either contributing to the harm of animals or you're, you're trying your best not to. It's like it's it's you sit on one of those sides and people sort of understand the intent behind that minimalism subjective it's open to interpretation so um people are going to call it how they see it and it's going to be driven by aesthetics Mm. um anyway that's my rant over any um final words from yourself i think it's it's an interesting topic to i guess talk about and to bring to people's attention because i think we all look at the pretty side of things yeah far too often and and it's become ingrained in our brains that this is what minimalism is and this is how it should look like but you don't see too often people challenging that and um just doing it their own way yeah and not feeling the pressure from others to do it the certain way that it's and in essence isn't that minimalism yeah like having having the courage to 
figure out what's essential to you, which yeah. means you actually have the strength yeah. to block out all these influences mm. and do what's right for you mm. and represent yourself in the way you want to represent yourself. It, this is so meta, but that's like, that's minimalism. Yeah. <laughs> Not what we're trying to portray. It's what, what we want to be. Yeah. Cool. Nice. All right, guys. Well, um, if that you, went fast. It did go fast. <laughs> um, yeah, if you do have any thoughts um, about this whole idea of minimalist aesthetic, if you've been influenced by it, if you find yourself comparing yourself or aspiring for this and not feeling like it's attainable, would love to hear from you. Um, and, you know, if you've got any examples of like a minimalist aesthetic that's different to what we're seeing trend-wise at the moment, Send us a picture. We'd love to see some examples of what this looks like. And hopefully we can start to get more comfortable sharing ourselves of who we are um, as we are. Yeah. As opposed to who we, who we want to be. Like or we we, or, be. Yeah, yeah, who we feel like we should be betraying. So um, anyway, I've enjoyed this. Yes. And um, we look forward to connecting with you guys in the next episode. Sounds good. All right. Bye. Thanks, guys. Bye. Okay, so there you have it. A uh, conversation about the aesthetics of minimalism. Uh, probably something you didn't expect. I mean, the aesthetics are beautiful. I must admit, I love the design of things that are really simple and elegant. But that desire, that obsession of getting to that level of simplicity aesthetically in our lives uh, causes clutter in its own right. And this is something we need to be aware of. So... You know, hopefully this conversation has given you some food for thought to, to think about the relationship of, you know, paring down your things to focus on what's important versus, you know, chasing that, that what can sometimes seem unattainable uh, aesthetic of what it means to look like a minimalist. All right. So you're listening to episode 18 um, of the Minimalist Vegan podcast. So um, we mentioned a few links to articles that we've written about um, regarding this topic, which you can find at the show notes, uh, which is the minimalistvegan.com slash 018. That's the minimalistvegan.com slash 018. Um, beyond that, few updates from me. Um, we have recently just published our first course of of many um, at minimalistcourses.com. Uh, the first one that we've published is called Minimalist Money, which is all about using minimalism as a tool to get to debt-free living. So um, if you haven't checked it out already, uh, feel free to jump over to the page um, and let me know what you think of my little, my little video. Uh, I'm practicing with video these days. Um, so let me know what you think. Um, and yeah, there's a lot more courses coming coming along in the pipeline, um, particularly now that we're, we've gotten a bit more used to uh, recording these lessons. Um, the other thing as well, guys, is reviews. Um, it's been a little while since we've received a review. And I know uh, I look at our analytics and I see that our audience and our listenership is growing. So I know you're out there. You know, you're plugged in <laughs> to your headphones on your walks or um, as you're commuting to work or in the kitchen. Um, look, if you are getting some value from this show, really appreciate it if you can take a few minutes to fire up iTunes or your podcast app and write a review and, um, you know, let us know what you think of the show. And, uh, you know, it's certainly going to help other people who are deciding if the Minimalist Vegan podcast is going to be right for them as well. Anyway, those are the few updates for myself. Um, I hope you've enjoyed this conversation and uh, here's to living with less stuff and more compassion. Catch you in the next episode. Peace.